This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk, and financial solutions. Well, Oscar Oberg, thanks very much for coming on Talk Your Book, making your debut on Talk Your Book. I thought uh, it'd be a good place to start if you walked us through Wilson Asset Management, and more importantly, uh, the portfolio that you manage there and what you guys look to invest in. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate having me uh, this morning. Uh, so Wilson Asset Management was started in just over 20 years ago in 1997 by our founder, uh, Jeff Wilson. So we're a little bit different from some of the guests you've had on the show uh, in the sense that we run listed investment companies or closed end products uh, that actually trade on the ASX. So we've got six listed investment companies that range from WAM micro cap fund to our small mid cap product WAM capital, large caps in WAM leaders and also global with WAM global. Uh, so we run just over 3 billion of funds under management. Uh, myself and a team of five uh, look after the smaller mid cap products, which is four of those listed investment companies, which is around 1.8 billion of funds under management. And what company do you want to talk about today? Yeah, so keen to talk about Adairs, which is um, certainly a stock that we um, feel is a good example of how our investment process works and stock we've, we've owned for some time and very bullish on the outlook going forward. They had a huge result recently. Why don't you walk us through some of their financial metrics that they announced with their uh, results? Yeah, so I think it's been a fascinating year for Adairs. Um, you know, certainly started the year strongly, uh, then acquired the business mocker in December. And one of the reasons why that attracted us to the business and we bought more shares after that was the fact that um, it actually increased Adair's online exposure. And this is before COVID occurred to around 30% of sales. We've been shareholders for some time in a company called Templar Webster, which is effectively the only pure play online retailer in the homeware space on the ASX, which had obviously done very, very well. So I guess from our perspective and thinking about our investment process, our view is we could see a re-rating or an increase in the share price just purely off the stronger exposure to online sales. Then of course, COVID hit. Um, and it was interesting because Adair's actually used debt to fund that uh, mm. mock transaction and share price, I think fell from you know just over $2 to I think around 40, 40 or 50 cents in the lows in March, and I guess everyone was looking at Adairs thinking, geez, they've got, a, they've got a balance sheet problem with sort of 40, 50 million dollars of net debt. Then as it turned out, I guess what we've seen through April, May, June, and it's continued on through July and August is just this huge uh, influx and increase of um, e-commerce sales. And of course, Adairs has been a huge beneficiary of this, um, given, as I said before, 30% of the sales is focused online. But as people have been staying at home um, through the lockdown measures, they're spending more on their house. Um, and you've also had a number of the stimulus measures uh, come through as well, and that's benefited Adairs too. So seen a very strong um, online increase over this time, well over 100%. And certainly the mocker business that they acquired in, in December last year has actually done very well. So company beat expectations, and look, we think it's set to beat expectations again over the next, over the next year. And what sort of multiple do they trade on uh, in terms of times free cash flow? Oh, on a free on a free cash flow basis, that's 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 testing me, Chris. But on on a price oh, yeah. earnings, it, on a price earnings multiple, uh, it, on our numbers, we've got it trading on around twelve times earnings. Yeah. Um, now that compares to Nick Scarly, which is their um, key peer in the market, around seventeen times uh, earnings. And we think 
over time, Adairs deserves to trade towards that multiple. Um, look, Temple and Webster is in its own sort of space in, in pure play online retail and trading at a very high multiple there. But look, over time, we think it can, Adairs can get to that 17 times. Reading their results presentation, they speak about the importance of, of omni-channel. Uh, it's a way for traditional retailers to try and, I don't know, almost carry some favour in the investing community, I reckon. You know, we don't hear Temple and Webster talking about the importance of omni-channel or no one's complaining that Amazon don't have a lot of uh, brick-and-mortar shops or, or Kogan. How, how much importance do you place on that omni-channel? And if you had your way, would it be a, a pure online play? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really... Good question. I think, yeah, we certainly see the landscape for retails or traditional retails change over time. So Adairs has just over 160 stores at the moment. Now, um, years gone by, they would have been saying we're going to increase the list to 180 to 200. But I think clearly the landscape has changed. Um, now, Adairs is, what we've seen with Adairs over time is they've tried to transition the portfolio into much larger stores in homeware centres. And that's generated a very good return for them. Um, it actually gives them a 10% uplift in their profit on a per store basis. So we think over time that 100, I think it's 167 stores that they have. We don't think it will change that much. And given sort of they've got around 40% of their leases in holdover or that expire in the next uh, 12 months, we see a whole heap of change in the portfolio. So we see some stores go if um, they can't meet um, the appropriate financial return with their landlords, or we'll see some larger stores stay. So. But we think that the store network will stay around where it is, um, but then obviously all, all the growth will come, or a big portion of the growth will come from the online channels. Putting a dares maybe to one side and more in a, a helicopter view of the, um, the retail landscape, do you think the way tenants engage with landlords around rental agreements are going to have to change to encourage uh, tenants to, to take the jump and, and actually sign on for leases? Do you think they go to a percentage of sales or a pre- a, a cost per, um, you know, level of foot traffic that goes into the store or walks past the store. Do you see any long-term changes in, in the retail landscape there? Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's so fluid at the moment. I think a number of the retailers would like a percentage of sales, certainly, uh, particularly some of the department stores that are obviously battling through this period. I think the landlords are going to fight to keep, keep, the way, keep it the way there is, it is at the moment. Um, there will, I think there will be reductions and certainly in those sort of B or C grade centres uh, and regional, you know, in suburban areas, I think there will definitely be pressure on rents. But I think, you know, in your A grade, in your, you know, your Chadstons or Bondi Junctions of the world, I think, you know, the landlords will fight as hard as they can to keep rents there. So, look, I think it is, it's so fluid at the moment. It's, it's, it's sort yeah. of hard to know where it's going to go. We saw what happened with Mosaic Brands uh, last week, you know, effectively shutting all their stores in Westfield, but they've come to an agreement now. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess the feeling we get like, speaking to the landlords over reporting season, they don't want to go to a percentage of sales. Um, so, interesting to see how it plays out, but you would assume that the pendulum has swung uh, in the favour of, of retailers, given what we've seen through COVID. In terms of Mocha or, or their debt profile, I think their net debt's down to a million dollars. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, almost. Well, be net, probably net cash now, so no debt effectively. <laughs> Which is amazing. So maybe talk us through that mock acquisition, their New Zealand-based business. Um, talk us through that, what the potential are to cross-sell either Adair's products over there or Mocker products into Australia and how that how you see that playing out. Yeah, so um, Adair's bought Mocker sort of December last year and assuming that they hit all their earnouts over the next couple of years, um, they should pay about $85 million for it, which is actually 
on a multiple in terms of the multiple they paid, it's actually six and a half to seven times EBIT, which is actually unusual for an online only retail yeah. such as Mop. It's actually been profitable through its existence. So if we look at Mop and I'll talk pre-COVID, there was about $30 million of sales in New Zealand and 30, only $30 million of sales in Australia. So clearly the Australian business was very small. You know, what we've seen through this period, Mocker has outperformed. Um, you know, the demand for the product supply, they only had $8 million of inventory at the August result, which shows they've probably been missing sales because they haven't mm. had a lot. But longer term, where, where's the upside for Adairs and Mocker? Well, Adairs has one of the most loyal uh, following follow, um, followings in the retail market in Australia. It's Lid and Lover's membership platform, which you have to actually have to pay to be a member. has over, I think it's 800,000 members and actually generates over 75% of Adairs' sales. So clearly the opportunity there um, is to cross-sell to Linen Lovers members within Adairs and into Mocker. And it does have very complementary items um, that do fit with the Adairs, um, uh, I guess, uh, footprint of, of what they sell. So, yeah, we, we do see synergies over time. Um, I think it's probably too early at this stage. I think, to be fair, I think it's just been mad for the business and management. Um, managing this whole period and just getting the right stock on the floor to actually get sold. So, um, but I think certainly over time we do see upside there and in particular that Australian business, which is very, very small at this point in time. And they mentioned their results that they had $90 million worth of spare capacity in terms of debt and cash on their balance sheet. Do you see them being a roll up player and you think there are other acquisition opportunities they'll be looking at or do you think it'll be a time for them to consolidate their different business units now? I, it will be fascinating. I think it's it'll be fascinating looking at the whole retail sector. Actually, like I think there's been a number of companies like Adairs that had balance sheets we were worried about, and just through the enormous amount of demand for retail sales over this period, and the fact they're not discounting, mm. um, balance sheets look fantastic. So there is a potential for M and A over time. I, I think for the Adairs, management are very conservative. You know, Mocker was their first real acquisition since their um, IPO. Look, I, at this stage, I don't think they'll be looking for acquisitions in the next 12 months. However, I guess this has been a crazy period. It's going to be hard for them to comp these sales. Um, so never say never. And certainly this balance, the balance sheet should be well into net cash um, as we get to or as we get through Christmas. So um, I'd say not this stage for theirs, but I wouldn't rule it out. And so in terms of, or in the interest of balance, it's like I said, the results were just incredible. But in terms of what's happened since COVID, we've had huge government handouts. Many people have paused their mortgages. Many people have redrawn on their super. Uh, plus people in many places in Australia haven't been able to spend on non-discretionary items such as, you know, restaurants or, or going on holidays. There's, there's been a huge excess pool of money to eventually, essentially buy goods with. That's going to start unwinding now and by March, April next year, things will be back to, to some level of normality you'd, you'd, you'd expect or a new normal. What's your thesis on how that's going to play out for a retailer like Adairs who's enjoyed the tailwinds in this uh, pretty unique period? Oh, it's, it's 100% definitely the risk um, for, for the retail industry, not just Adairs, but just JB Hi-Fi, a number of yeah. them. I think what, what gives us faith in the dares, you know, going back to Mocker, it's a very small business in Australia. So the growth potential there is, is, is huge. And, and the same goes for Adairs Online. So if we look at the business today, I think 
uh, online sales for Adairs will be well over 40% um, in, the, in the next 12 months, which is upwards from 20% this time last year. So we do think that from an online perspective, and this is what, why we're quite positive in a number of the e-commerce players for the work we've done, we actually think that they can go close to comping uh, that, that March-June period. And then we go back to what you said before, we've got a very strong balance sheet. So we could be sitting here in a year's time, even though I, I don't think it's likely in the near term, but perhaps there's acquisitions on the table as well. Um, so look, I, we're, quite, we're quite bullish on the opportunity for Mocha and Adairs online. And we, we think that those, those businesses can continue growing. Um, but certainly, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Particularly the fact we can't go overseas on holidays. Like that's just yeah. for Australians. And it's clearly it's been ploughed back into the home. But I guess in terms of how we see numbers uh, for this year in particular, um, we see big upgrades coming through for, for Adairs, um, yeah, which will, as you, as you said before, will improve their balance sheets, give them a, a heap of opportunities um, going forward. Beautiful, mate. We well, really appreciate you coming on. It's a, uh, a great story. Thanks for taking the time. Cheers, Chris. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Oscar. This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.